Welcome to your first Beer Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. My name is Aaron Rajamani, and I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Richardson. How are you going, Jesse? I'm very well, thank you, Aaron. Uh, how are you doing? Pretty good. I'm pretty excited. This oh, is... mate, I'm, I'm a ball of nerves right now. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did not think this would take off, but, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> Forced you into it. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this is your idea. You came to me with the, the brilliant pun of um, beer supervision, a play on peer supervision. Mm. What, what is peer supervision? Why are we doing this? Uh, well, I guess uh, with, within like mental health, we talk about peer supervision as being a really good opportunity for um, um, people in, in the profession, uh, colleagues to have a bit of a chat about, uh, some of the, the experiences that they have in, uh, working in mental health and, um, you know, maybe sharing some of the difficulties, um, that, that they experience or, um, talking about things that have, have been really, really useful and helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah, I guess we, we, we figured a, a podcast for that. Could be a uh, could be a goer. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty keen. Um, yeah, I think it'll be good for us, but also um, could be useful for um, you guys listening, especially those of you getting into mental health for the first time or pretty new. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think um, I think you, you you and I both agree that this is probably a, a podcast that where where our target audience is, uh, you know, people who are maybe are close to finishing a degree in mental health. Um, or have really just um, just kind of started out their career in mental health, so early career mental health clinicians. Um, you know, a good opportunity for them to maybe have a, have a bit of a listen um, and get a sense of uh, you know how how things how things are in mental health. And yeah, for sure, because I think when I'm when I'm going through uni, learning a lot of stuff from like high level journals, articles, and things, and it all sounds really good and really interesting and all engaged, but. What I'm really worried about when I'm getting into the field is what am I going to do in my first day in the office? Like, what does that actually look like? What am I going to be expected to do? Um, all that kind of stuff is just, you just don't know what you're getting into when you step in. And so mm. I would have loved something like this when I was getting into it. So thought we'd give it a go. Yeah. And um, so, you know, pe- people listening might be wondering, well, who on earth are these guys to, <laughs> to, to sit here and create a podcast about Nobody. <laughs> working working in mental health? We should we should probably outline what what we maybe do, oh, yeah, uh, our professions, and, and all of that. So, Aaron, um, how about how about you kick off with that? Cool. Um, so, I am a social worker. Um, I graduated from uni not too long ago, a mm-hmm. um, couple of years ago. Did my bachelor's and then honors, um, and then got a grad program working in public mental health in acute mental health. Uh, which was a good one to <laughs> jump straight into. Um, so yeah, I'm working with Jesse now in child and youth mental health, yeah. uh, which is really fun. I'm really enjoying it. Um, a- absolute party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for <laughs> sure. Um, how about you, Jesse? Um, yeah, so I've, um, I, I'm a psychologist. I, I studied uh, four, four years in, in Melbourne, and then actually I uh, actually moved interstate to Tasmania to study my, my Master's of Clinical Psychology. And I finished that up at the end of 2018. And um, like you, got my uh, my first job working in uh, public mental health, where we work now. And um, funny, funnily enough, uh, Aaron, Aaron and I actually did not meet at work. We met we met over oh. a couple of beers, didn't we? Oh, we did too. Yeah, yeah that's that right. Was at, a, at a trivia <laughs> night. Um, shout out to one of our uh, ex colleagues, Alex Hetherington, for, for teeing <laughs> that one up. Didn't think this would happen, did you? 
But um, <laughs> yeah, so and I, I think that's um, it's probably a good uh, opportunity uh, to to really talk about why we've gone with beer supervision. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think um, mental health can be a bit of serious topic, um, and often talking about it, it's like I was talking about before. It's just a lot of detail, a lot of complexity, and can can weigh you down a bit. And I think one of the great things about peer supervision in general is that you can just let your guard down a little bit, um, talk about it a bit more relaxed way, um, talk about it how it really is, not just how people expect you to talk about it. I think talking about it over a beer is a great way to do it. It's just chill, relax, and who doesn't love a bev? So it's, yeah. It's a good yeah. Time. And I like how you uh, you put in there, you know, talking about it over a beer. Um, <laughs> it's good. Little, little does the uh, audience know that we're probably going to knock back about 12. During, oh, no, during no, the course no, of this no. podcast. No, 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 it's moderation. We work in uh, mental health, Jesse. Oh, uh, yes, that's it. No, uh, as, as always, we, um, you know, these, these, these sessions, we are going to be, uh, practicing responsible drinking, uh, of, of alcohol. Um, we're both just a couple of guys who, uh, you know, enjoy a good beer. Um, mm. and, uh, we think that, uh, you know, beer supervision is a good opportunity for us to kind of bring those two things together. Absolutely. Uh, and so, um, at the, I guess, with uh, each episode that we do here in beer supervision, we're going to be uh, trying out a, a new beer every time. Um, and over the course of the podcast, we're just going to knock back a beer, um, and then at the end of that that session, we're, we're gonna we're gonna review the beer, aren't we, Aaron? Oh, I'm excited. Yes. Yeah. Brand new beer. I've never had this one before. What what have we got here? Well, I was I was over uh, at the local Dan Murphy's. I, I actually wanted to get a um you know, like a local Gippsland beer. But yeah. they uh the the person working there told me that they didn't have any cold. So That's outrageous. I've I haven't been able to source us a Gippsland beer for our first episode. Um, so it's all, all downhill from here. Um, but I've picked us up a uh, Rover Henty Street Ale. Uh, and this one is uh, brewed in uh, Victoria, Australia, um, at the Henty Street uh, Reservoir. Oh, okay. So, well, first rating: how crisp is the crack as we open it? Oh, that's that's not bad. That's solid, solid seven point five. Probably one of my favourite sounds. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I needed. Um, and so Aaron and I will drink that one uh, over the course of this podcast while we also talk about some other things mental health related. Yeah, eventually we'll get to mental health. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cool. All right, so how about we get to it? So speaking of, speaking of mental health, um, so this week um, we are going to be talking about um, our journey into getting into mental health, um, what were the difficulties, challenges, and really what we wish we had known when we were trying to get into it. Um, so yeah, what was your kind of pathway to get into mental health? Um, why'd you get into it? How'd you get there? Uh, yeah, so I um, well, I think I first realised I wanted to get into psychology. I reckon I was about year year nine or ten. Mm. I um, I up, up until that point, I'd wanted to be a professional tennis player, um, but apparently you have to be good at tennis for that. Oh, um, savage! And I just, I just that that wasn't me. Mm. Um, and then I don't know. I first um, you know, I I, I took a bit of like a a, a liking for human behavior and, and kind of understanding why, uh, you know, people maybe do the things that they do. Um, and, 
And I, I really, I've always just been a bit of a fan of, of watching. Oh, God, that sounds really stalkery, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's our podcast, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Yeah, no, um, I, think, I think, like, you know, when you're uh, – when you're observing human behavior, um, like, you know, at a, at, a, at a function or a party or something, I think, um, you know, what, watching other people can be, can be a really interesting, um, interesting sort of uh, thing. Um, and then, yeah, I think it all just kind of snowballed from there. I, I, I took uh, psychology in, in school and was like, mm. yeah, this is, this is something I'm pretty interested in. Studied it at uni and um, realized that yeah, clinical psychology um, – yeah, psychological disorders and and all of that is uh you know an area that i'm really interested in and, and passionate about and so um that's what that's what kind of got me got me going yeah what, what about you aaron i didn't start off in mental health exactly i think out of uni i didn't really know what i wanted to do mm. Just a stupid 17 year old it's <laughs> like what will my underscore get me that'll make me sound really cool yeah, yeah and, but- and what was that <laughs> All the cool kids study engineering. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, they do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's what I heard. Um, yeah. that, so um, I did that, and it was fine. But it just really wasn't what I wanted really to do with my life. It was like I don't know if I want to, you know, repair pipes for the rest of my life. Just kind of it's not really what engineering does. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But but it was like it is it, it was fine, but I wasn't that keen. But at the same time. I was doing lots of volunteer work, doing lots of work, working with young people already mm-hmm. um, and working in schools and with youth and things like that. And I was, yeah, really into that. But for some reason, it didn't twig to me. Hey, maybe you should do that as a job. I, was, I don't know. Um, again, idiot 17-year-old. Yeah, young Aaron sounds <laughs> stupid. <laughs> <laughs> What's changed? Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> but um, I was looking for something else to do. Uh, one of my friends, uh, good friends, is a social worker. Shout out. Um, and um, she got me into it. Mm-hmm. Um, she And it was what I was really into because it was kind of like a mix of um, politics and sociology and that kind of high level kind of um, thinking, that kind of thing. But also a mix of that and just like practical um, how to help people and do things in really like practical ways. And I liked both of that. And so it was yeah. a really good mix. Um, so yeah, I got into that. Um, while I was doing that, also um, worked in student well-being in a school. Um, yeah, and then yeah, eventually finished that, and here I am. Um, I before working in child and youth here, also um, did a bit of a stint uh, working with um, the crisis um, adult team in mm-hmm. mental health. Yeah, I'm um, the community team, and then as well as working in ED um, in the emergency department um, for mental health. Then um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that might be um, be an interesting thing for us to maybe talk about later on in the session. Maybe mm-hmm. some of those differences between working, um, I guess, across different um, you know departments within within a hospital. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Uh, but I guess I I wouldn't mind actually knowing a bit more, Aaron, uh, there around what what actually drew you to to social work. Yeah, I think it's um, I think a lot of the the work I did prior, like the volunteer stuff. I think what drew me to it is just. Um, I think it's satisfying um, just being in a space where someone is in need of some support um, and they're on a journey and you're just kind of there to help them get on their way. And there's like certain things they need or, or something really satisfying about mental health in particular is just um, you're able to give someone a bit of insight into themselves. Um, so you talk to them, understand them, give them some insight so they can understand themselves better. 
and that can affect a whole bunch of things in their lives. I find that, yeah, super satisfying. And it's also really just really interesting work. I think, um, it's never, it's a lot of things mental health can be, but it very rarely is it boring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, t- tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm always engaged when there's like, yeah, something yeah. that I love about it for sure. Yeah. Nice. And so, uh, with, with your, your degree, uh, how, how did you find the process of kind of like going through that? Because I, I, I don't know about, about you, but with, with the psych degree, um, I, I know that there, there were, there were periods in that degree where, uh, you know, I was really, really kind of challenged and I, I found it really quite a, uh, difficult experience at times, but a really positive growth experience. Um, so you know, what was social work like in, I guess, in that regard? Yeah, I think social work is interesting because it's, um, sometimes it's hard to define even social workers sometimes hard, find hard to define their own profession, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But, um, I think a lot of, um, the benefit of social work is, um, degree is it shapes the way you think about the world and about society. It kind of gives you a broader sense of the different environmental, sociological, political impacts that affect a person. And then you can help a person understand their place in that and how it may affect them and how they can um yeah work through that um so that's something i really enjoyed about social work um how that helps you in uh, mental health is i suppose um there's i guess two parts of social work is you you can um be the um i guess a mental health social worker who focus very much is very much on therapy um or you can be the kind of person who focuses on those bigger pictures and Mm -hmm. kind of marries those things together Um, you strike me as a bigger picture sort of person I am yes. very much that. Yes. I'm, very, I'm very keen on that. Um, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy the small stuff, but yeah, that's definitely yeah. what drew me into um, into social work and into mental health in general. Yeah. It's just it's, yeah, there's so much to it. Um, yeah, but it's um, getting into mental health through social work is a whole other thing, though, because I'm obviously um, a lot of social work. No matter where you go in social work, whether it's working in like homelessness or whether it's you know working with kids like I am or um, who knows where you go, whether it's family violence or wherever you work, you're going to be encountering mental health. It's inevitable. It's going to be a part of your job. Mm. Um, but working in mental health specific is kind of a different role in and of itself. Um, and it can be sometimes quite challenging to get into. Like if you want to be an accredited mental health social worker, that's a whole thing beyond um, just being um, having a degree Um Got to go through the Australian Association of Social Workers. You have to make sure that you have um, the right levels of study and keep up the accreditation over time and pay a fee and um, lots of things like that. Um, so that's the whole thing. Um, but also getting into the field that um, I'm in, that we're in with clinical mental health, um, that's a whole nother ball game because you have to get the right placements to get into um, into the right um, the job, the um, right grad program at the right time and things like that. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a tricky process. It's something that I wish I understood before I got into this. And <laughs> yeah. honestly, I'm a bit lucky. Um, but also, um, different things like fell into place for me that enabled me to get to where I am. Yeah. Um, so that's something we can definitely talk about as well. Yeah, for sure. And, and I guess now that you're in it, um, you know, is, is it something that you think has, has been a really positive thing for you? Was it, was it worth the journey to where you are now? Um, in, in your, you know, I guess the, the start of your career? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, I think it's very, like working in public mental health as a social worker is a very siloed kind of part of social work where mm. you don't really, 
come into contact that much with other kinds of social workers you're mostly working with other professions like mental health nurses and psychologists mm. like yourself yeah so that real like multi multidisciplinary sort of team approach yeah yeah i forgot what question you asked me <laughs> <laughs> i was i was talking about um i guess it was was it worth it that that journey of, of like you know going going through uni studying at all are you, are you happy where you are now yeah i think um a lot of um I think it's different because a lot of social work you're working for NGOs mm-hmm. um, and so it's sometimes a bit unstable because your job depends on whether the contracts come through as to whether you'll have a job. Um, it can also um, just be, it still be um, generally a lot less lower paying than um, public health. So I guess the benefit for me in working public health is I get paid more than most social workers with my level of experience um, and um, also, it's um, a fairly it can be a fairly secure um, job getting a job in public mental mm. health. Um, so those are two really big advantages in um, where I am. Um, the disadvantages is I guess you're working in a giant bureaucracy, and so there has a lot of those issues. And I know um, me and Jesse have had lots of conversations about the difficulties of working with bureaucracy. There's an episode in itself in that one, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and also finding your identity as a social worker in the midst of a multidisciplinary team that's um, also very, um, in general, very medical model focused mm. when you're working for a hospital. And I think that's um, that's that's one worth we're talking about. Maybe maybe a little bit more as well. I, I know um, with within psychology, and and I, I suspect it's the same for like you know uh, occupational therapists, speech pathologists, um, social workers. It's like they. Their, their line of teaching is very much like this is this is what it's like to be this profession and then when you get out into the real world you do your job this is this is what it's going to be like and yeah. then you're like hang on a minute I have to work within teams with other professions who weren't taught the same thing I was and it's actually like a, it, I think it requires a fair bit of um, like flexibility in your mm. in your thinking and the way you kind of go about your practice I think working within a, a multidisciplinary team it there's no room for that rigidity if if you come to it with like a really rigid sort of mindset. I think um, it, it's it's more of a hindrance to to the team. Mm. Yeah, I think yeah. On one side, that is true, but I reckon there's also a side where you also, in order to do that well, you need to have a strong understanding of your own profession and what yeah, that yeah, means. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because otherwise, you just kind of go along with other people that other people are doing. You're just mm. kind of doing a task and not necessarily fulfilling your the unique thing that you can contribute to the team. Yeah. So like a strong sense of this is, let's say, this is who I'm as a social worker, this is what social work values. So when things do come into conflict with that, I need to remember why I'm doing what I'm yeah. doing. And so, how, how do I, how does that make sense in this context as opposed to, oh, whatever, that's just what. Yeah. So I guess it's kind of like walking that fine line then between how do I, um, how do I balance, you know, my, my, my special, specific profession. Yeah. Um, and, um, and working and marrying that within a multidisciplinary team full of other professions. Cause mm. you definitely want to be, um, kind of spearheading and, and championing that, um, you know, your profession and, and the the values and, and um, ideas of that, that profession, mm. um, while also I think being very mindful and uh, respectful of the, the other professions and the, and the lenses with which they, uh, they kind of view certain, um, mm. you know, maybe uh, mental health conditions, um, yeah, the, the way that, that they do that. Yeah. So when I was working in um, student wellbeing, for example, um, 
even though there were mul- multiple disciplines, it was still, um, they still all had a very similar um, kind of view of mental health. It mm. was still very, um, so, uh, like a social model, I guess you could say. I mean, it's nothing specific, but like a lot of professions, but it was still a bit more recognizable in terms of what a social worker does. But yeah, it's very, it's a very hard distinction. If you go down the clinical line, you really have to think about what it means to be a social worker and mm. a medical model. Mm. Which I, I can imagine you, uh, you've, you've done a fair bit of you. You are quite the deep thinker, Aaron. Um, oh, wow. Thank you. Yes. Um, and so I guess, when, when you think about how things have gone for you over the last, oh, we'd be getting close to like 18 months Yeah, in, in, in the industry. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what are some challenges, I guess, that, that you found um, working, working in, in mental health as an, as an early, early career clinician? Um, I feel like one of the big things that definitely um, kind of came up against me is something I've, I've just been bit maybe hopping on about it at the moment is just um how different the the ways of doing things in a hospital are um so i think very early on i had to like cram really hard in terms of understanding um, medications and how they function within the system and mm. all different processes in the hospital um and how to make sense because a large part the reality is a large part of working in mental health is understanding medications because significant proportion of your clients are going to be on some kind of medication yeah. it doesn't mean that's necessarily your responsibility to deal with it as a, as a social worker or a psychologist because we have doctors to prescribe and deal with that but you need to understand how they affect um, a person so that you're working with them in a meaningful way you need to advocate for them and um, provide education which often maybe they'll go to a doctor and not receive really information about what the side effects of medication might be and know that kind of information um so there's a lot of things that um you need to understand and um often um because you're the one working with a client the most closely when the client goes to see the doctor the doctor will rely on you quite a bit for context and understanding and recommendations and things in order to do their job well because it potentially only see the client for a very short period of time Mm. um so you really kind of need to understand the roles of all the other people you work with um, yeah. fairly quickly um, so that was definitely um, a challenge for me um, especially working in an acute setting where things are go 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 and things need to get done um, so people don't necessarily have heaps of time to sit down with you and um, explain how things are um, so I definitely had to get in the mindset of learning on my feet very quickly mm. um, so that was definitely a, a challenge but you know, I didn't think it was necessarily overwhelming I think anyone with the mentality of I'm here to learn and I'm here to, you know, figure things out and um, I'll get there eventually, um, can make it. But yeah, it is, it is the whole thing, for sure. I think you raised like a, a really good point there. I think there's, there can be when you, when you dive right into uh, like, you know, an acute mental health sort of ses- um, setting, there is that uh, quite a steep learning curve at times around uh, different uh, processes, uh, different uh, professions and, and how, how they roll and um, yeah, understanding medications is, is a is a big one for sure. I mean, uh, it's nothing that old mate Google can't fix. What is an SSRI? <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, it it does. Um, you you do have to uh, you know, kind of dedicate a fair bit of time to uh, researching uh, those those sorts of topics. Yeah, mm. and yeah, I, I think um, when I was in uh, when I was studying. 
there's a lot of talk about burnout. I think generally social workers have a fairly high burnout rate. Mm. Um, uh, but I guess when I was in it, I, I was like, I'm not going to burn out. I, ca- I care about people. I'm a social worker. That's why I'm doing this. I'm not going to, you know, give up or whatever. Like I, I didn't really, I, like I kind of understood, but I didn't really comprehend what that would be like. Mm. Um, and I think working in that kind of very intense situation very quickly, um, I enjoyed the complexity and the challenge of it. Um, but I didn't, uh, realize that if you're not prepared with a right mindset of how you're going to view your clients, especially when they're, you know, difficult or they're not doing what you think they should be doing, or mm. it's just a really frustrating situation or, um, it's something you're unprepared for, maybe anxious about. Um, if you're not prepared with the right mindset, with the right empathy and kind of consciously being like, no, this is who I am. This is what I care about. This person is in a difficult situation. That's why they're acting like this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that kind of burnout kind of creeps in. You start becoming a bit more resentful about the people you're dealing with. Someone comes in, you're like, oh, not that person again. You know, that kind <laughs> oh, of <yeah>. mentality. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I think it's somewhat unavoidable yeah. in some way, but you need, I guess, to keep that in check. Um, because if you just let that run rampant, that's how you burn out. Because then you, every day becomes a drag. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, I haven't gotten to that stage, but I could definitely see that creeping into my ways of thinking, and I had to be like, "All right, I need to rethink that." And doing supervision actually helps with mm. that, where I talk to someone about this kind of stuff. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's uh, it's really important that you you kind of go into it with a really um, you know self self reflecting uh, you know attitude and mentality toward towards your own practice. I think. Um, you know, being able to identify when those thoughts are starting to creep in and, and reflecting a bit more on that around, okay, well, what is it about this that is, is causing maybe this, this response in me? Um, yeah, I, I definitely know what it feels like to, um, to, you know, hear a client's name, uh, when the receptionist gives you a call and says, Oh, this person's <laughs> on the phone and you're, you're just like, Oh God, no, um, <laughs> not, not today. <laughs> um, but I, and I think that's where like you raised, um, there, like, you know, peer supervision, um, can, is, is, is really beneficial, but I think also, um, just good self-care more, more generally. I think mm. if, if you, uh, think that you can work in, I think in a, a mental health setting, uh, generally, but, um, then like, you know, an acute setting, if you think that you can do that without, uh, you know, engaging in, in good self-care outside of work, then, then you're, um, you're on a quick course to, uh, to burn out then. Mm. So I guess what's, what sort of things do you, do you look to um, to do to avoid that burnout? I mean, we've obviously got beer supervision here. Which yes, is a very good way. All yeah. you need, all you need. Yeah. <laughs> what um, do I do? Um, I think the times when my mental health has declined and I felt like that was that work was affecting that. I think it's also when my life outside of work was being affected in some way, or my general routine was being thrown out either because of some kind of outside force or just because I got lazy and just didn't do something. Yeah. Like, um, you know, got lazy washing the dishes and then I come home like, oh, no, the dishes. Mm. <laughs> and then it's just like a slippery slope. I can, I can attest <laughs> to, uh, to Aaron sometimes hey, letting the dishes slide. We were going to keep that a secret. <laughs> <laughs> You're a monster. <laughs> it's no. fine. I bought a dishwasher. Yeah, no, and I think, I think again, you, you raise a really good point there around you can, you can have all of these really good, um, routines in place for self care, like, you know, maybe engaging in regular exercise, catching up with, with friends, um, 
and and having having a good time doing things you enjoy but then there's also um just the inevitability of life happening Mm. and that can just throw you throw you off balance completely which can just ripple throughout all all aspects of your life and and work is definitely not immune to that yeah like one example of this is um i one of the ways i used to um self-care consistently is going to see um, friends and family down in Melbourne. Mm. Um, and so I go there almost every weekend. I drive down, see some friends, come back. Then when COVID kicked up and all the restrictions, yeah. like all that out the window. And I, I could definitely, like I didn't realize how much I relied on it really, but almost immediately I could definitely notice mm. the difference in my mental state at home and yeah. at work. Um, and so I had to get other things. Um, so now I, I got into running, yeah. which has been really good. That's something you can do anytime by yourself, so which is nice, and that's helped a lot. Um, I mean, it's not the same as catching up with friends and family, but you gotta piece together other things to keep you going. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think working in mental health, you're giving your emotional energy um, to help someone else regulate their emotions a mm. lot of the time, um, and so you need to make sure you're filling your tank consistently and doing that well and doing the things that you're advising your clients to do really yeah, <laughs> like eating yeah. well and exercising and seeing people the things that you know are no-brainers that you tell your clients to do and then they don't do and you're like oh, you know maybe you should have done that but you, you're like, often I'm guilty of the same thing mm. and I need to remember that I need to take my own advice so yeah. that I can be helpful to the people that I'm working with yeah for sure I think um yeah, that's really, really important point that you uh, you make there. Um, so we got a, we got a bit of like a a list of dot points around things that we can cover here. I just don't reckon we're going to get through them all in this in this podcast. Yeah, um, we got, yeah, we got heaps. Yeah, we we were we were a bit overzealous, weren't we? Uh, <laughs> we how how are we going now? Oh, we got to, we're up to thirty minutes. Oh well, yeah, twenty five maybe. Yeah. yeah okay. Um, um, do you want one more? Yeah, pick pick one more, and then maybe we'll wrap up and talk about um about where life. yeah future future episodes and um what maybe we we want to be doing in in mm. those uh, those those ones that are upcoming. Okay, cool. Um, how about we do um well for you? What mm. do you, would you say are uh, the the what's the thing or the things that keep you um, coming back to mental health. Oh yeah, that's a great question. Yeah. I love that one because um, I guess as you've mentioned, um, working working in acute mental health, it can be shocking sometimes. Like you have <laughs> you have days where where you just you, you see these clients and you you're like I'm getting nowhere with this person, um, and 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 the system with which they're in it's it's there's there's nothing happening, and and that can be really really quite frustrating. And, and I think it is the it is those uh, highlight moments where we we do like you know keep coming back that's that's why we hang around um it really offsets those those tricky times um and i guess um i guess working you know i also work in in private practice and i know we, we've spoken a fair bit about um acute public mental health in this podcast um but i think across both private and um and public the the things that i i find really keep me coming back is is when when things just kind of click into place and and like the, the it's like the cogs in the system start uh, turning and turning together. Mm-hmm. And so um, you know I I, I work uh, primarily with with children and 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 young people. Um, so so youth. And I think when you're never just working within the the individual, it's like you're working within the system with which they exist. And so that's like the family. 
um, extended family, school, other community areas. And, and I think the, the ability to be, be able to kind of like target different areas of, of that system with which the child exists in and um, making changes that then ripple into other areas of the system and then get like the cog in that part yeah, turning. And then, yeah. and then when it all starts kind of like turning together and, and you see these kids just, just making really great gains, it's, uh, it, it is the it is the best feeling. It's and almost it is, magical. It's yeah. Like, how does it even happen? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's why I keep coming back. Mm. Um, and um, and it just completely yeah, completely offsets any any bad day you have uh, in in uh, in mental health when when you see that that happen. So that that's what keeps me coming back. What what about you? Yeah, I think along those lines, it's the the sense of concretely improving the lives of the people that you interact with i think i mean not not in the sense that you're coming in to like save them or whatever but like you're doing something tangible that you know is gonna be helpful for them in some way mm. whether it's now or later or something like that um that yeah that sense of when you um speak to someone and then there's an impact in another per- in, in another part of their life or someone says oh that well that person you know that they're They've, they've changed. Like, you know, mm. there, there's something that's different about them and it's made their lives and other people's lives better. So it's incredibly satisfying. Um, but I think, it, yeah, I think it's also just, um, it's just knowing that what you're doing feels meaningful, I think is mm. a big part of why I do it, why I do what I do and keep doing it even when it's difficult is it feels like this is something kind of worth doing. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really, appreciate that i think that's probably why i switched from um engineering to this not that engineering isn't meaningful sorry engineers <laughs> no, no. Um, but, um for me um just the especially like you know that's why i go into social work is that very um immediate yeah um feedback of you interacting with another person you're in the room with another person and you're i mean you gain from them they gain from you mm. um and yeah it's just it's good it just feels like a a positive being a positive part of the community that you're in yeah no i think um that was a fantastic sort of note to end on i think you picked a great one there thank you thank you aaron um so from here what are, we, we've we've had a bit of a chat about what we're what, what we're kind of thinking we'd like to do in future sessions so how about we maybe give um give anybody who's listening out there a bit of a sense of what they can expect in in future episodes yeah, um, we have the privilege of having access to a whole bunch of different people who work in the mental health field mm-hmm. um, from lots of different areas that are outside of our personal expertise. Um, so I think it would be an awesome resource to um, share with you guys. Um, so we um, might have different episodes where we bring in a guest mm. um, and then we'll ask, or interview them, ask them about what's going on. Um, but also we just we can also do just some hot topics like yeah. you know what what's the difference between working in private and public mental health yeah. or other things that you kind of want to know but like you don't really ask or really think to ask or yeah. maybe like a weird question yeah. um but yeah it makes a difference when you're trying to figure out where you want to go in mental health or kind of like you know for example like i think one really interesting one would be like what is it like to work in inpatient mental health mm. um, oh, yeah. that's something that feels like a little bit of like a closed room like yeah. what's really how does it really go in there like what do people do yeah. and without actually going there you probably will never find out but listen to us and you will soon yeah you might, you might get a sense for it yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um and yeah so i guess we've, we've got a few people that we're we're already um you know thinking of, of lining up um and i guess depending on the quality of the beer that they bring to the session 
Uh, will depend yeah. on whether or not I guess they get to come on again down down the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Severe judges. Um, so I guess let's get to the most important part of Ooh, of the podcast, yeah. and that is reviewing the beer that we drank. So we've we've been drinking the uh, Rover Henty Street Ale uh, through the course of this uh, this chat. Now I'm going to have one final sip of it and collect mm. my thoughts on that. Hmm. mind it look yeah. i i've never really had to review a beer before and so i don't oh. even know what what to say oh. other than yeah that's that's, that's that's pretty fancy good fancy terms it's got some malts and some hops <laughs> in it as far as i'm aware oh uh, yes no, this, no, no. this is a beer <laughs> no, no, well, it's, it's, it's kind of middle of the road so it's, mm. it's got a bit of a hoppiness to it like a bit of bitterness to it but mm. not not too much it's not overpowering it's got some malty undertones yeah I don't, I don't know about you but like I, I find like the aftertaste is is maybe not, not to my liking. Like I, I don't mind it as oh, yeah. as I'm drinking it, but but I am noticing I guess just just in my mouth afterwards, it's it is leaving uh, maybe not the the best aftertaste. Yes. But I think it it has been a um you know an enjoyable beer to drink. I guess we'll go on a on a five five star rating system. Yeah. I, I'd probably just give it middle middle of the pack. Yeah, I'd say mm. somewhere around two and a half to three. I might mm. rate it higher if it was a hot summer day. This oh, would yes. be a solid beverage for yeah. when I'm dying of thirst. Yeah, as sure. opposed to middle of middle of winter, um, coronavirus pandemic. No, no, um, this is not a pandemic style beer, in my no, opinion. No, well, yeah. and again, there's a, there's a whole podcast in itself. What is a uh, <laughs> pandemic style beer? But um, we won't do that. One one podcast at a time. Yeah. But yeah, good. Alrighty. <laughs> well, uh, Aaron, I think um, <laughs> it's, it's been an absolute pleasure recording this one with you, and um, I'm really looking forward to to continuing this. So. Yeah, so good. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for listening, everyone. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Thanks for listening to Beer Supervision, the podcast where we talk about the joys of working in mental health over a cold brew. We record every two weeks, often with guests from the mental health field. If you could leave us a rating on iTunes, that would really help us out. Or share it with someone who might find it helpful. If you'd like to contact us with feedback or questions, or even just to say hi, definitely do at beersupervisionpodcast at gmail.com. And you can find Beer Supervision on Facebook and Twitter. Our opinions are our own, the beers we drink are chosen just by us, and we don't receive any sponsorships. We'll see you next time.